Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And we're gathered here today talking about how life can sometimes rattle us. Oftentimes, the rattling is in the right way. Rachel, just recently, a very good friend of ours, only one month older than my husband, passed away in his sleep. His, his wife contacted me and um, said, Ray just passed away. And I know Ray believes in God, and he is—he was a strong Christian man, so I know where Ray is. And I know what life has in store in the future for all of us that believe. But what that did to me, Rach, in that moment was life is short. And God was just kind of shaking my, my cage a little bit and saying, okay, wake up, wake up and know that we are not promised tomorrow. So live today intentional. Live today as wide open, with wide eyes, and a heart that's ready to hear what I have in store. And it it rattled me. I'm not going to lie. I think it would rattle anyone. You know, whenever it's one thing to um, maybe lose loved ones or lose a coworker who is older than you, you know, uh, closer to that sort of uh, ultimate deadline that we're all going to face at the end of our life there. Um, but sure, when it's someone, it's a good friend of yours who's right your age, that will rattle you. Or, or even when it's, you know, younger than you to hear of a parent who loses a child, you know, that always feels so wrong somehow, you know, too soon somehow. So I can see where it would definitely rattle you. But you know, Lou, what I like is that you, you know, kind of went through the shock of it, but you came out the other side saying, let's, let's live life. Like, you know, let's live the, the days that we have. Mm. Um, because it would be, you could be rattled uh, in, in another way. You could sink into depression and feel like it's all meaningless. I think of Ecclesiastes, you know, the, the author who just kept saying, you know, oh, it's life is meaningless. Everything under the sun is meaningless, you know. I felt that way sometimes. So, yeah, you were rattled in the right way. Well, I, I tell you, I thought of my, my husband's aunt who lost a son when he was in his 30s, and she never got over it. She never, and not that you get over it, and I don't mean it like that, but when she never allowed it to propel her to go forward. She just fell into depression. And for the next, I don't know, uh, 30 years, she, was, she allowed it to make her bitter about life. And I want to always try to have my eyes open when something rattles me. We have a choice of how we look at it. And, and since I've never been in her shoes, I don't know what that feels like. However, my mom did. My mom went through that, at, at losing my brother at about the same time as, as my aunt lost her son. And 
there is, you know, my mom went through a period of being rattled and then she turned it around. And I will never forget when my mom went into her final nursing home stage when she was still lucid. She said, you know what I just realized? A lot of people in here don't know Christ. And so maybe this is my final mission field. You know, Rachel, that's the kind of rattle I want God to have in my life. I don't want to allow these these aha moments to take me away from Christ. I want them to wake me up. And I can't help but think of Ephesians 4, uh, 5.14 that said, Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. And you know, when Christ shines on us, we cannot help but reflect him to others. So there are a lot of things that happen in our life. There's a lot of things that can shake us to our core and rattle us. But if we use it like an alarm clock, you know, and say, okay, it's time to wake up. It's time to get moving. It's time to see the sense of urgency in life. And what is God calling me to do with my today. Wherever we are, God calls us to be there, right? He says, I have planted you on purpose where you are, and I'm going to rattle, I'm going to allow life to rattle you. And then you can choose. You choose to either let it rattle you in a good way, or you can be rattled and fall apart and let all the pieces fall apart. Or makes me think as we talk about this Ephesians passage, wake up, O sleeper. When my sister and I were young, she was nine years younger than me, and we shared a bedroom and we slept in a full-size bed. And so she was young. She was probably, I don't know, maybe 16 or I was 16. She was probably seven or something in that age bracket. And my mom for Christmas had gotten me one of those alarm clocks with the two ringing bells on top and and the little thing that when it goes off it goes back and forth to hit those ding 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 ding, ding you know and it's just it just makes this outrageous racket it's it's the old time alarm clock well i was excited because i really didn't want someone else waking me up i wanted to wake up and and do this thing i wanted to be an adult And so I remember setting that alarm for the very first time. (laughs) And that alarm went off for me to get up. And my little sister shot straight up in bed. And she started screaming her head off because it scared her. You know, she wasn't used to it. She just scared her wits. And she is screaming. And I wake up out of a complete slumber. I hear this alarm just going crazy rattling over here but I hear my little sister beside me screaming more and in a moment of not knowing how to get the noise to stop instead of grabbing the alarm clock I grab my little sister's head and I just I'm trying to shut it off and shut this off (laughs) (laughs) and she still tells that story I mean I think every one of us get there, Rachel. Every one of us kind of get in that sleep mode, that that autopilot, you know, that we've got the cruise on and we're just kind of floating along and life is good, right? We're just doing our thing. And then all of a sudden, 
something goes off and something is rattling our life. And we can choose at that moment how we wake up and how we face this and what's next. And we can say, Lord, help me to do the next thing that you're calling me to do out of this rattle instead of falling apart. Lord, help me to grab on to the right things. You know, I have a, a, a great number of friends right now that are being rattled uh, by various circumstances in their life. I have um, uh, mom friends of mine whose, whose children are going through it um, physically, and the doctors can't find what's wrong or, or seem to be able to fix it. I have um, a friend whose house has been um, caught fire, and uh, they're displaced from their home. I have another friend whose house flooded, um, and they too are living in hotels displaced from their home, having to replace uh, everything. Uh, and the list goes on. You know, we always seem surprised, or at least I always feel surprised when something goes wrong in life. It's like we all operate expecting life to be 85 to 90% good. And sure, we all know that occasionally bad things happen. Once in a while, you get a flat tire, right? But um, I think there's a tendency for Christians because there are so many wonderful promises in the Bible about, um, you know, if we are wise and if we lean on and follow God and if we um, seek to live a godly life, that God will care for us and he will, um, you know, work all things together for good for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that is absolutely true. But I think sometimes as Christians, we tend to expect then because we love Christ, everything's going to go our way. Absolutely. I, I could not agree more. We think that uh, once we, it's kind of like signing your marriage papers and you think, oh, now that we're married, everything's going to be rosy and we're going to have that happily ever after ending. And nobody tells you about all the bumps in the road along the way. Well, that's life. And once we give our heart to Christ, it's still going to be life. We're still going to bump up against things that absolutely rock our world. But God says, you know what? I, I, you know my life passage. My life verse is 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. And it just says, rejoice always. Always. I mean, when we rejoice always, you know, God inhabits the praises of his people. And so even when your world gets rattled, and things start falling apart, we can still say, God, thank you for not allowing me to walk through this by myself. I know that life is falling apart right now, but you aren't. And I praise you for that. Gratitude is so powerful. Um, I, I always talk about it this way with myself, with my, my kids, with, you know, um, clients that I'm, I'm coaching and such, I always say, let's find a thought that better serves you. And by that, I mean to, you know, oh, woe is me. My house is flooded. It's, this is terrible. God did not stop this from happening to me. 
Um, why didn't he stop this? None of those thoughts ultimately serve you well because they just send you into um, d- depression, right. you know, anger or, or depression. And they cause you to question God and question his goodness. And that's going to make you further depressed. Um, so none of those thoughts serve you. They don't change a thing about their circumstance and they ultimately don't serve you well. But to turn and say, okay, what can I think in this circumstance that will serve me well, that will um, uplift me rather than depress me? What will help me shift my focus? off my circumstances and onto my provision. And that's, I think, what that passage you were you were um, reading or, or talking us through is saying, you know, rejoice always, give thanks in every circumstance. It's, you know, uh, in another uh, passage, it's said this way, you know, whatever is good, whatever's praiseworthy or noble or right or beautiful, think on those things. Those thoughts will serve you well. Um So, yeah, that's the challenge is if you want to be, you know, life is going to have circumstances that rattle us. If you want to be rattled in the right ways, in ways that wake you up to life and wake you up to God, you have to look at what is good and what is noble. What is praiseworthy? What can I give thanks for? How can I rejoice in this situation? Well, that is so key. And you were quoting from Philippians chapter four, and I love If we back up in that passage just a little bit, it says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So here's here's what that's saying to us. You can use my my husband's aunt and my mom as kind of different ways to handle the rattling of our world. And I love Dwight's aunt to pieces, but she allowed all of those thoughts and those worries and those questions to constantly spiral her downward. But when you start looking at, okay, God, I know that every situation I can give thanks in. And when we do that, God says, oh, here comes my peace. Here comes my peace. Are you ready for it? I'm going to now take my peace and I'm going to wrap it around your heart. And that's going to serve as a guard. It's a protector of your heart. And I'm going to blanket your mind with my peace. Because you're pouring out thanksgiving to me, I am going to surround you with an unexplainable peace. And so it doesn't matter what's happening in your life, what's rattling you in your life. If we choose to rejoice and give thanks and pray to him and say, God, thank you for being in the middle of this circumstance right now. His peace that passes all understanding wraps us up and it guards us. And I don't know about you, Rachel, but sometimes when I am rattled, I feel like all of my walls and all of my protection that I've put up around me start crumbling. You know, everything that I have, have put in place to make sure that I don't get hurt in a situation, when all of that starts rattling apart and, and you, you don't know how you're going to keep it all together, well, that's when God steps in. And he says, you were never meant to be the protector. 
You were never meant to be the guard over your heart. That's my job. And so when we just release that to him and we say, okay, God, I get it. I praise you in the middle of this craziness, in the middle of the rattling that's happening in my life right now. I praise you. And now, God, spur me into action so that it's not wasted. Because I know, God, when you say you do things for our good, you don't want me to just sit in this under the blanket forever of your peace. You want to spur me to do things that are urgently in your will. That is something that you want me to wake up to and say, okay, I got to get out of this slumber and move forward. You know, I mentioned uh, earlier about Ecclesiastes, which is just such a, it's a fascinating book to me of the Bible. And, you know, the first several times I read it, my basic response to the whole thing was, huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> so I, I had to study it for a while because I, I, otherwise I was like, Huh, I don't know what to make of this. But after studying it, it's one of my favorite books of the Bible. But um, so I mentioned, you know, you can, it's easy to, to fall into if you don't find that um, shift your perspective um, to, to the things that are going to wrap your heart and mind in peace, to the things that you can be thankful for and to the good that you can find in the world, no matter what's going on. If you don't, you do tend to fall into this sort of, um, slumber uh, or this sort of depression or this sort of ah, uh, it's just no, it's of no use. There's no hope. And that's kind of where the author of Ecclesiastes was for a while. He kept calling everything meaningless. It's just meaningless. And um, he, he says in the second chapter there, um, he says, I came to hate all my hard work here on earth for I have to leave it to others, everything I earned. And who knows whether my successors will be wise or whether they'll be foolish. They're going to control everything that I've worked so hard to gain. Uh, and I, I can't even control them. And so this feels meaningless. And he says, so I gave up in despair, questioning the value of all my hard work in this world. So, you know, there you see that sort of attitude of, oh, it's, it's, of no use. it's no use. And then he says, some people work wisely with knowledge and skill. They too must leave the fruit of their efforts to someone who has not worked for it when they pass on. This seems like a meaningless tragedy. So what do people get in this life for all their hard work and their anxiety? Their days of labor are filled with pain and grief. And even at night, their minds cannot rest. It's just all so meaningless. And then he says in verse 24 of chapter 2, this is where his shift in perspective came. He said, so I decided there's nothing better than to enjoy the food and the drink that I am given and to find satisfaction in my work. I realize these are pleasures from the hand of God for who can eat or enjoy anything apart from him. Now, again, Ecclesiastes sometimes, particularly on the first read, is just sort of, huh? I'm not sure I track with that. But what he's saying is nothing about his life changed. It was all his perspective at how he looked at his work, how he looked at the fact that he is someday going to die, and, or how he looked at the fact that you know everything that we work so hard to get at some point in life, it's going to be worthless to us. 
Um, and, and all of that that you can either see as meaningless and frustrating and not worth it, or shift your eyes to God and realize, I get to enjoy my time here. Every time I eat, it's pleasurable to me. Um, I can work in such a way that I feel like I'm pleasing God and I'm fulfilling my purpose and I can find satisfaction in that. So I kind of love Ecclesiastes because um, he's very real <laughs> in his emotions. Um, and sometimes it's hard to catch and track with, but he shows us how to shift our minds um, so that we wake up to the glories in life. Oh, so true. And you know, that one little word, when he says, I decided, I decided. And it is a decision every single day to go, okay, God, my world has been rocked. I'm rattled right now, but I'm going to choose. I'm going to decide to look at it from a different perspective. And I think of, you know, in Philippians where we were, that, that when you go into the 12th and 13th verses, it says, I have learned the secret of being content. So just like Solomon when he wrote Ecclesiastes, just like Paul when he wrote to the Philippians, they had a lot of tough knocks in life, and they didn't get it. They, they were like confused, just like you and I. They were rattled. But Solomon decided, Paul decided, I've learned the secret to be content in every situation because then he says i can do all things through him who gives me strength so there's the key that's what i'm talking about today rachel when god rattles and allows our world to be shaken what do we learn from it what is he trying to teach us and how can we decide to take what he's given us and say god i can do all things through you, because you are the one giving me the strength to get up, to wake up, to move on, and spur me into the action that is required right now. You're so right. I decided. I have learned. Um, yes, there's a part that we play in this. It's the shifting of our perspective. And, uh, you know, Solomon said there, I, I decided there's nothing better than to enjoy the food and drink that is given to me and find satisfaction in my work. And I realize these pleasures are from the hand of God. So even whatever is it's your circumstance today, even if you are displaced from your home by a fire or a flood, uh, a natural disaster, even if you have been laid off from work, this very day, you got the pink slip when you went into work this morning, even if the doctor's office called and said there's something wrong with the test that they run, whatever it is that you're facing, like Solomon, this very day, you can sit down to your next meal, you can taste the goodness that God has placed in the food that he's given us to eat, you can drink your drink, and you can give thanks to God in a, in a prayer of grace um, before every single meal, right? You can stop and pause and say, I have provision. I have provision on the table in front of me now, and ultimately, I have provision for my life and my afterlife, and that is where my mind will be fixed. Okay, ladies, it is our opportunity this week to allow God to shift our focus. 
when life rattles us, let's make the right decisions. I'll see you back here next week. And may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time. Encouragement Cafe would like to send you our coloring book devotional for a gift of any amount. Find out how to get your copy at encouragementcafe.com.